All right. Well, let's, all right, Ray, I think we can probably start all over. I know we had a lot to talk about, uh, but uh, just so you know, right now, it looks like Biden's at 129 and Trump is at 109 uh, as far as electoral college votes go. And Trump is ahead in the popular vote, uh, 50.3% to 48.1%. So about 2% ahead. Uh, I'm I'm watching uh, ABC News's feed, and uh, they aren't uh, they aren't calling it nearly as many. I don't think because I'm showing Biden 93, Trump 80, and uh, Trump ahead two million on popular votes. Uh, okay, which, which I find ironic considering uh, <laughs> last, last uh, four years ago, I had a friend say, "Wouldn't it be funny if Trump won the popular vote but lost the electoral vote?" I'm like, yeah. "No, it wouldn't be funny." This is why I hate the electoral college. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm all for the electoral college uh-huh. uh, because otherwise you don't have any um, any of the smaller states or, or they become irrelevant. Mm. So if you have you've got California, you've got Illinois and New York, they would basically uh, choose your you know your president every year. So the other the other forty seven states would become irrelevant. Let me so see if I can. Uh, right now we've got Ohio and Florida choosing our winners every year. <laughs> Well, that's because the other states, though, they still have a say, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's still too early to call Arizona, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, Texas, and Wisconsin. <laughs> All right. So you're watching the ABC feed? Yeah, I did the, the choose your own bracket on there. And so far, every state that, uh, that they've called, uh, I've, I've been accurate. <laughs> So uh, I'm kind of uh, surprised. I'm usually not quite this accurate, although it looks like I'm going to majorly screw up uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin and uh, North Carolina and Virginia. I got them all backwards from where they're heading currently. So is Virginia heading towards Trump? Virginia is 53% Trump with half the vote and 55%. So oh, wow. So, I mean, obviously way too early still there, but uh, I fully expected that to go blue. And uh, if it does go blue, it, it will be a fight. It says, I, I just got a, um, that's a, Jennifer says that um, in the chat that Pennsylvania is ahead for Trump. So, yeah, I thought now Fox News called Virginia with less than 1% of the vote. They called Virginia for Biden. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, yep. Welcome to the, the, the Bernie Sanders uh, era of disappointment. That, that stuff happened constantly when uh, in the primaries. <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, yeah, the polls just closed. Did Hillary get declared the winner yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, that was so bad. Then <laughs> that's why, you know, I mean, you've got to be a little bit disenfranchised with uh, the Democratic machine. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like they forced Bernie out twice. I think Bernie was clearly the better candidate than Hillary, for sure. Yeah, but uh, they made a promise to her. I mean, if you yeah. go back uh, to when it was her versus uh, Barack, then uh, they were neck and neck, and he was starting to pull ahead, and they all kind of sat down and said, and it was pretty obvious in how they did it. They basically said, look, Obama is obviously going to uh, pull ahead of you here. Uh, how about you bow out with dignity and we give you secretary of state? Yeah. And uh, so, but, uh, and then when he's done, whether it's four years or eight years, you're up to bat and they couldn't break that promise. Uh, I guarantee you that's how it all went down. 
You can't mm-hmm. prove it, but, uh, and uh, I, maybe I'm a little on the conspiracy theorist side, but, uh, <laughs> but I, that's kind of what I think really ultimately happened. I think Biden would have uh, stepped up four years ago, and I think he would have had a better run against Trump than he is even right now. Yeah. Um, and definitely than Hillary. I mean, the only thing that made me think Biden might win this, this go around is because he isn't Hillary. Right. <laughs> oh boy. I wish, uh, I wish, uh, he would come back on, but anyway, I'm not going to worry about it. If he comes back, he comes back. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, do you, do you have any fears about Biden's mental capacity or do you think that's something that's drummed up by the right wing to, to scare people away from him. Um, I think I was listening to one of your other podcasts in preparation for coming on the show. And you had mentioned that uh, the press likes to trump up everything. Not not pun intended there. Sorry. Uh, Likes to build things uh, into more than they actually are. And uh, I think that's true on both sides. Uh, Since we are dealing with uh, 95, I think the last count, 95% of the national coverage really boils down to stations owned by six different companies. You're going to get the same message that those six companies won't put out, no matter what side of the fence that they lay on. And uh, I think, yes, I think you have people on both sides that challenge both candidates' mental capacities, uh, and erroneously so. Uh, I think Biden, if he has any incapacities going on right now, he's probably got the same ones that I've got. And that's just an old stammer that he's dealing with that makes him sound more feeble than he actually is. Um, I think physically, I'm a little bit more concerned about his health than mentally. uh, Because he, he, when he is at the podium, he looks a little more frail than than Donald Trump does, than most candidates do. Good. To be fair, he's in his 70s. And they're going to look frail to somebody my, my age, which is almost 50. Sure. Uh, but And everybody younger than me is going to you know, look like a child. Uh, <laughs> so I'm willing to admit that that may be just my bias there. Um, yeah. But I think when uh, when you talk to him about uh, about his policies and you give him enough time to answer and you don't try to talk over them like we've seen in the debates, you can get a really good solid answer. And But like any candidate, he's still going to make a, a flub here or there, like the whole uh, Philadelphia shirt thing the other day, uh, yeah. misstating, misstating what... Uh, um, Looks what like Anthony joined us. For. Anthony, ah. can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear just fine. All right. Was that my camera, the connection with the camera is a little off, that's why. Oh, no worries, man. No worries. All right. All right. So I was just talking to Ray. Um, Anthony, my name's John Smith. I'm the one that invited you on, and I appreciate you coming on. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but um, you were kind of uh, neither, right? You're, you're for neither candidate. Right. Okay. Um, so we're going we're gonna to invite you in to speak a little bit here. Tell me a little bit about uh, what it is about. Is it just politics in general, or is it both your candidates that you don't care for, or are you apolitical? What's going on? It's like I'm not all the way into politics, but the one thing that I noticed about this election, because it's the first time that I've actually been able to vote, I've noticed a lot that 
a lot of things that the candidates are being asked, like what they're gonna do if they want to be pre if they get elected president or in Trump's case get reelected. I feel like a lot of things that they touched on, these are issues that should have been looked at in 2016. And then in Biden's case, these were issues that should have been looked at back when Obama was in office. Now, All right. I'm... Give me an example. An example, example would be like the racial differences that are going on in this country right now. All right. Like this has been, this has been an issue. There have been issues going on with this, and the thing is now, at least in my opinion, there's a lot of misinformation about this as well. But I feel like this is a problem that should have been looked at back in 2016, rather than here in 2020, a few months before the election. Gotcha. Like, I feel like both candidates, you have a case of just saying something that sounds nice trying to get votes. Yeah, and that's, and that's true, man. I, 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 uh, when I was young, I was a staunch Republican. I thought, you know, the, the Republicans were the only ones that were going to save the, you know, the universe. And uh, the more... I've been following politics now probably for 35 years. Okay. And uh, the more I followed politics and the more I watched, the more I got involved, the more I realized that none of them really care about anybody at the end of the day. Uh, there are a few and uh, here and there, and those are the ones that I try to support. And those are the ones that uh, I feel like, you know, are the, are the good eggs but for the most part, and I think you're right, and I think, um, Anthony, this is my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like neither party really knows, um, they don't get to know the black community. And they really only talk to the black community. I think like this is kind of what you're saying, and I agree with you, when it comes time for an election. Right. Is that is that kind of, I mean do you do you feel that way? That's what I'm saying. A lot of people want to talk about the racial issues in this country but nobody I'm not gonna, but it's like with the president and the candidates nobody really tries to get to the bottom of why things are like that. Nobody goes through the neighborhoods and tries to feel the energy that's in the neighborhoods. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to really understand because lately they try to paint this picture of something like we're this, we're that. Nobody really tries to understand us, but the only time that we're brought up is every four years when it's really important to get a vote. Right. Now we're seeing a large percentage, and when I say a large percentage, it's, it's uh, in comparison to previous elections. We're seeing a lot... Uh, of uh, black Americans that are actually moving towards Trump in this election. In fact, some people have estimated uh, somewhere around for, for eligible black voters, they're saying about 30 to 35%. Why do you think that's happening? I feel like 
this is happening. For one, I feel like the majority of the people that are voting for Trump in our race are probably the younger people. And mm-hmm. I feel like reasons for this was stimulate from giving funding to the HBCUs. A lot of people, a lot of people, um, they look back at the unemployment and the stimulus checks that were passed. And then plus, a lot of people that I know personally, they made diff- they made a swing based on how the how the riots have went on throughout the past few months. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. they were like, Joe was really more on, a lot of people started realizing that Black Lives Matter wasn't everything that it has seemed to be when it first started. Because a lot of people started realizing, especially with this last round of protests, a lot of people started realizing that there are hidden agendas behind this. And a lot of people were all for voting for Joe Biden. But, a lot, but once these race riots happened and they were waiting for how he was going to comment on it, they didn't like his answers to it. And then it has, then Crime Bill Joe has been a name that has really start ringing bells in the community. And that started turning a lot of voters away. Interesting. What do you think about that, Ray? Any question? Yeah, Uh, go ahead. Yes, uh, um, kind of going along those same lines. um, One of the big concerns, uh, and Anthony, before you joined, I kind of identified myself more as a progressive uh, than a Democrat, which uh, kind of, uh, put part and parcel of the same thing in many areas and a little different in a lot of areas. But one of the areas that uh, a lot of progressives did not care specifically for uh, for Joe Biden's vice presidential pick, Kamala Harris, was because of her record on crime when she was, I want to say, district attorney. Um, but it's the, the exact role is escaping me right now. Um, is there a... Uh, you're going to know better than me uh, how uh, the, the black community feels about her record. Has that factored into some dissatisfaction that you and maybe some of your friends have had with uh, with folks on the Democratic aisle? It was actually that day that it was announced that Kamala Harris was running as vice president that a lot of people that saw us, they started changing their minds. Yeah, see, that was a big fear that I had personally. Uh, uh, there were so many vice presidential pre- vice presidential choices that didn't have that specter hanging over them uh, when she was chosen. A great dynamic personality, but man, as soon as you look at that record, the, then all bets are off. Uh, it, it's almost, and, and you might uh, correct me if you if you feel I'm wrong, Anthony, uh, it almost felt like pandering to bring in a, a Black woman specifically to try and court the Black vote. But when you look at her record, there's a lot of Black voters who are going to go, nope, nope, not a, not a prayer, sorry. And that's exactly what people were saying. A lot mm-hmm. of people were saying that, oh, he's doing this to try to get the Black vote. Mm-hmm. But people started looking more into depth 
about her background and her history and they were like, wait a minute, this isn't, this doesn't look good for us. Anthony, Jennifer, one of our viewers has a question for you. Um, what do you think some of the real issues are uh, that need to be addressed from your perspective? Real issues. One issue would be the look of the black communities. I hear a lot of plans and action about the black communities, but how I feel is I feel the environment that you're around can have an effect on how you feel, which will lead, which in my opinion, I feel like that's why a lot of the lower class neighborhoods, they have higher rates of crimes because a lot of people, they feel like, a lot of people in that environment, they feel like they have nothing for to, they have nothing to look forward to. Mm. And I'm a strong believer that the environment that you're in is somewhat has an effect on how much respect that you have for yourself and for the people that surround you. Gotcha. I feel like gotcha. I feel like one issue that I feel like should be brought up way more, and I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this has been swept under the rug. It has to do with a lot of human. It has to do with human trafficking. That's in my opinion. Human trafficking in regards to um, like illegal alien human trafficking, or what are you what are you referring to? Is just human trafficking, the sex rings. Okay. Because this year I've noticed that there have been a few sex rings that have been broken up. But for some reason, I could, some reason I noticed that whenever a big sex ring would break up, before you even have a chance to become big news, all of a sudden there would be this riot or something that will take its place somewhere else. And that caught my eye. But I feel like sex trafficking and things like that, kids coming up missing, things like this need to be looked at way more and talked about and investigated. They need to be, it needs to be investigated way more than what I feel like it is right now. Gotcha. Now, let me ask you like a personal question. I'll ask both of you guys this. You can give me your, your thoughts. Um, do you believe that uh do you guys believe in the american dream do you believe that uh you can regardless of where you're from regardless of your sexual orientation regardless of your skin color do you believe that you can become successful in america if you work hard enough or do you believe uh, that it's created to hold certain people down Anthony, you want to go first or you want me to grab this? I believe that I believe that the system, as they call it, is created to hold people down. But I'm a strong believer that, that you can get around the system or there's ways that you can get past that. What I'm noticing now is the amount of division that's going on in the community on almost every aspect. And it's been crazy this year. I've been noticing that that has been leading to a lot of discrimination and then people 
have been even getting looked at as a disadvantage for their certain views on certain stuff. So I feel like the American dream now, I feel like the American dream now is harder than what it was a few years ago because the amount of division that's in this country has rapidly expanded over the years, over the past few months. And and how old are you, Anthony? You said this is the first year you can vote. How old are you? I'm 21. 21, okay. You're the same age as my daughter. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts on the ability uh, to? I have to agree. Uh, there are a lot of systemic uh, problems that, uh, that keep uh, keep certain uh, certain people that are at certain income levels primarily from excelling past where they are. Uh, somebody that can, uh, if we're talking about an environment today that uh, that somebody that will go to college and get themselves a bachelor degree, bachelor's degree, and they'll start in the workforce at if they're lucky, twelve dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look back thirty years ago. That was completely different. Uh, if somebody st- uh, had a a bachelor's degree, they would jump into the into the workforce at about that twelve dollars an hour, which bought a hell of a lot more back in those days. Um, I don't think it's uh, completely. There are many systems that are in place that will keep folks down by race, uh, by uh, by their city of origin, or not city of origin, their country of origin, uh, and also uh, even to a degree by uh, their their gender as well as uh, whether or not they're a member of the LGBTQ community. But I think really where it ultimately starts with is the haves and the have-nots. If you have money, it's easier to make money. If you don't have money, it's a hell of a lot harder to start making that money. And a big part of it really boils down to when you have, uh, when you have that leg up of, of getting that advanced education because your parents can help, you, uh, can help you through that. This is what happened with me. Uh, I was able to, I was very fortunate being a white guy uh, to have a lot more advantages than Anthony has uh, now, even if he had started at the same time I did 25 years ago. Um, So there are systemic problems. The problem is that there is there, there is nobody that is currently working to address those systemic problems, especially when it comes to filtering money out of the political system and out of allowing people to work on their, uh, pull themselves up by their bootstraps to, uh, to excel. They're not given that same opportunity because of the systemic problems in place currently. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a couple of viewers here. Um, uh, Logan says, when you talk about sy- systematic income levels, are you talking about the lower class being unable to make it to the 1% or what level of money are you talking about? Uh, well, I'm, 
kind of going to, uh, to for example, Joe Biden's tax plan. Um, everybody was concerned, oh, he's going to raise taxes, he's going to raise taxes. Yes, if you make $400,000 uh, or more a year, you're, you are going to be taxed more by that plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm nowhere near that. And I'm an extremely privileged white guy. I, uh, my family income is maybe, if I'm lucky, 75000 And I've been very, very advantaged. Um, do I consider myself middle class as a result? I'm still lower class because I still got all those bills I got to pay. Uh, you got your, uh, your student loan debt and all those other things that, uh, that, that rack up that keep me from excelling past where I am. And I've got all the advantages that I could possibly have. Um, so do I think it's, uh, it's excelling to that 1%? Not really. I think it's excelling to even just the top, uh, the top 50% quite honestly. Uh, anybody that is, uh, that's in that lower 50%, breaking through to the, t- the upper 50%, you got a heck of a road to hoe because you have several things working against you and you have only additional issues working against you if you're a person of color, uh, a- a- as well as being not as financially advantaged as others. Well, there's always gonna be those clear um, exceptions. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for example, let's take a look at uh, President Obama, for example. Right. He didn't come from money. Right. Um, even though his family that raised him were from Hawaii, but he didn't have a whole lot of money. And uh, he was a, a person of color, but yet he made it to the president of the United States. We've got people like Oprah Winfrey, who grew up dirt poor in, a, in, in the you know, deep South and had nothing. And she's one of the richest women in the world today. Uh, You know, and we could go on and on and on. We could look at, um, you know, Jay-Z. We could look at Beyonce. We could look at, you know, because they rented out an entire wing of a hospital when they decided, when it was time for them to have a baby, they were able to afford the entire, they, they moved all the other, expected mothers out of the hospital and into another portion of the hospital so that they could be by themselves in that unit. So there's, there is these people that have broken through and they have come from uh, whether they were gang banging on the streets or whether they were, they were just poor and growing up in, in areas, but they made it. Um, what do you say about that? Like, how do you stop and say, okay, um, like, I, I guess my question is, as a conservative person, I don't look, I don't focus on uh, class. I don't focus on uh, gender. I don't focus on race. I look at everybody and say, you're an individual and you might have to work twice as hard to get somewhere where someone else doesn't have to work because maybe they did. You know, for example, I'll give you an example. Uh, my daughter's uh, going to uh, architecture school. Now, about two-thirds of the kids that are in the school of architecture in her college have parents or a parent or a relative that's in architecture. My daughter doesn't. Nobody in our family ever went to architecture school, let alone be an architect. So she's got to work twice as hard because she doesn't understand the concepts as much. She wasn't raised around it and she doesn't have anybody 
under her roof that can help her. I look at her work and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I, I have no idea what you're doing. And so she's got to work twice as hard just to graduate as maybe someone else in her class. But at the same time, in about five to seven years, she's going to be an architect and she's going to have an income that greatly surpasses anybody in my family that's ever had the chance to do that. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is what other countries can you go to where you have those opportunities, not to maybe be in the 1% or the 5%, but just be better than the previous generation? Isn't that what the American dream is all about? Or do I, am I wrong on that? What do you think? Let me, let me grab Anthony there. Um, it sounds like what is, it sounds like more of what it's supposed to be. More about bettering yourself than like to me, the American dream should be more about bettering yourself because being in America that allows you to have the opportunity to do so. Seems like now that message has been sort of crossed out by the amount of chaos that's been going on and the amount of negative energy mm-hmm. as displayed by mainly media outlets that give you the sense that that you probably not, that'll give you the sense that you won't be able to do that or achieve that dream. Right. And I think we could all agree on that. I I, I don't want to speak for you, Ray, but uh, when you're constantly told by media and you're constantly told by your, your teachers in school and your professors and uh, maybe even um, local neighborhood leaders that, uh, the world is stacked against you and you'll never make it. And you need uh, special treatment in order to make it. And you must demand special treatment from the government and other entities. You know, uh, I think that's got a way on somebody after a while. You know, there's, um, there's a lot and a lot of people of color that are, like I said earlier, that are leaving the Democratic Party because they've, they've been promised um, wealth. They've been promised to move up in classes for 100 years, and the promise has never been kept. When, at what point do you stop relying on other people or the government and you start looking at yourself and saying, I'm an individual. God made me as an individual person. And like Anthony said, the hell with the system. I'm going to get around the system and I'm going to make it work for me. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that a, just a better way to look about, look at things than to always be a victim. And it's like people, with my own eyes, I've been seeing a lot of people wake up to that. And that was definitely going to influence their decisions on the election. But then 
this year happened, COVID, the media, and the riots, those are like the three enemies. Because much as people want to say it, the media, I feel like, did gaslight so much stuff over this year. And a lot of people, they were, and a lot of people, they're now just, is instead of voting for president, they're really just voting against Trump. Yeah. No, Ray, you probably agree. I don't think you're I don't think you're a big Biden supporter. I don't think you're voting for Trump or for Biden as much as you're voting against Trump. Is that accurate? I think that's going to be most folks that you talk to in uh, the Democratic realm right now. I think a lot of folks that uh, that are Democrats had decided four years ago that they were going to vote against Trump when they got their next opportunity. Didn't matter who. Uh, and a lot of progressives uh, are along the, the same path of, well, uh, I got to because I, we honestly, Trump is not doing it for us. And so we got to go with we got to go with Biden because, the, you know, the, there's no potential for a third party to take off and actually do something in this time, because the only time anybody ever talks about third parties are during the presidential elections. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no, no other conversation time for it, unfortunately. Um, I do, uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about the American dream, I want to believe, uh, and I think everybody wants to believe that. Um, the problem is that they, from where one sits, uh, if they grow up surrounded by the negativity, surrounded by the lack of opportunity, the, it, takes, it takes a very rare person to figure out how to excel past that. Uh, and a lot of folks have that potential. What they don't have are the mentors that, uh, that are already there or already on their way up to turn around and say, here, let me show you a path. And uh, it, that could come from anybody of any color and from any party, I might add as well. And so I think the American dream more is facilitated by the folks that are willing to teach more than your own. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just your own personal drive because you can drive as hard as you can for, for something. But if there is a ceiling that is just dead set against letting you excel beyond it, you can only get so far without, uh, without help. And uh, there, there are Give, many ways that people can, uh, can reach out and assist those that are coming up in that realm. And uh, unfortunately, not enough people do it. And that, I think, makes more of an American than the dream one has. It, it, uh, if you're going to be a true American dream fulfiller, you've got to actually extend that hand backwards to the people that help them up with you. Give me an example of what a ceiling might be that's going to prevent someone from moving forward. Um, it's kind of hard for me to do because I've been very fortunate. I haven't had uh, any of those ceilings. I've had lots of mentors in my time. Uh, so trying to put myself in somebody's shoes in that regard, it's a little difficult. Uh, I'm really more just kind of echoing what, uh, what, uh, some folks that uh, that I've uh, talked with and worked with. Um, I'll give a really good example of uh, a friend of mine. She has, um, she she's an American board lady. She married a Turkish man, I believe, uh, and uh, she converted to Islam. And so 
she is in a pretty much wide neighborhood where uh, her kids are are half people, half children of color. And so she's surrounded by, uh, by folks that when she comes out in her, uh, in her veil and her uh, kids kind of get, people will give them that side eye. Uh, she has reached out to various programs for a, a big brother, big sister type of program for her children. And she just cannot find anybody that is willing to work with children that are of Muslim descent. Uh, and she's actually, uh, through friends, has asked me to kind of step in and do that. Unfortunately, I don't have the time to do it myself. And I don't know anybody I can recommend to her. But the Big Brothers Big Sisters program, they, they've looked for folks that have, uh, that have wanted to uh, take on folks that uh, are of a different religion than them. And either the folks just, they, maybe they don't understand what uh, being a Muslim is, uh, where... It, or if, or they just are a little bit uh, leery of anybody that is not of their own religion, that maybe that's what's holding them back. But I think that's a pretty good example of that ceiling. They, they have that desire. They have that, uh, their, their mother at least has that desire to have a good role model that can help give them some ideas on how to excel in life, but nobody's stepping up to the plate. And uh, so she's just, constantly just flailing trying to do what she can from where she's at and uh, it's 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 got to be frustrating for her and uh, it's frustrating for me that I don't have the time to give myself because I think I could learn a few things myself in becoming uh, a big brother to uh, to their children and uh, uh, especially about a faith that I'm not personally familiar with and so I think I could learn I could take as much as I could give and if more folks could see it that way there might be somebody that has that a time and ability to step up and make a difference in these children's lives. Well, I think she would, uh, it would probably work out if she was to go to, to find more of a Muslim community because they're around. And um, so, so Logan has a question for, or Anthony, did you, did you have something to add? It was something don't want to say, but I feel like it would be way easier to start the youth because they're still young. Is I've learned the hard way that with an adult, it's way harder to try to tell them something. Mm-hmm. But I want for the youth to be able to think for themselves, not just have to take in information that somebody gives them and just go go with it. Right. There's a lot of people that watch one news, that watch one single news network, for example, like CNN or Fox News. They'll get all their information from that. Even if if something is questionable to them, they'll just go along with it because they hear it from that person. Or a lot of people, they'll believe something because they hear it from another person or they hear it from a place they feel like is trustworthy, even if it sounds just suspicious to them. Right. Without, instead of trying to figure out and research on their own to make sure it's not that crazy. I think that's an extremely important point that you're making, Anthony. And I think what we've lost in the past couple generations is the ability to, Think for yourself. 
it seems like everybody is kind of put into groups and And all of those go ahead if you look now with social media there's like it's more voice of your own opinion there's more of a chance that you're going to get ridiculed for it yes some people have had harsh effects from voicing their own opinion. Well, there's what we call cancel culture, right? Cancel culture is out there. In fact, I have a friend of mine. I got to know her um, by uh, just being involved in, in some of the political uh, things that are going on here in Arizona, but she was uh, the radio station manager for a student run radio station down at uh, Arizona state university. Well, she comes from Wyoming. She's very conservative. And uh, she voiced a couple opposing opinions on her personal Twitter account. And the board at the radio station made up of other students who are, are all of the same mindset. They've, they're, they're all very, uh, I guess, lack of a better word, liberal. Uh, they're very liberal. She's a conservative. And they demanded, they went to the, de- the dean of the school of uh, uh, Cronkite News and demanded that she be removed from station manager because they could not follow someone with those types of views. Now, it was her personal Twitter account. It was one tweet. And uh, the dean turned it over to the actual, um, the university. And the u- university... Um, they made a decision to remove her from her position. Now they, the university is currently being sued by her attorney and uh, the attorney decided to work for her pro bono because she comes from a, um, not a very affluent uh, family. So they, they couldn't go out and just uh, get in an, an attorney. So they, they heard about the case and they took the case, but uh, cancel culture is a real thing. And uh, that's something that I believe is that's got to change. How do you change that? I don't know. But if you hold a, a specific, um, you know, point of view, you, you can have people at your job turn you in for something that you put on your personal Twitter account and you can be fired from a corporate job like that for holding a specific view. Do you see that? Do you, either one of you guys see that going on in the world? Or do you think it's something that, uh, is, that they deserve, that they should be canceled? In high school, ninth grade was the first year that teachers would tell me, you should watch what you post. Because even if you post it now, it could be maybe 10 years from now. Somebody could like it. It could pop up in the histories on Facebook. And then boom, everybody could see that. Mm-hmm. So it's like they always told me not to post like that. But I would say over the past, over the past few years, it's just, it's just gotten very sensitive now. Everything is so sensitive. Almost yeah. everything is a touchy subject. Everything is controversial. 
Right. Ray, I don't know how old you are, Ray, but I grew up with a saying, <laughs> uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And that just has seemed to be, that just doesn't exist anymore, where people by words just seem to just fall apart. Um, I want to... Uh, I want to kind of go back to my youth, uh, which was quite a while ago. I'm about 50. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, we're but, same uh, age. Yeah, we're okay. the same age. Um, but I very distinctly remember um, when I was uh, probably probably 21 because it, I was in a, a drinking establishment and there was somebody that I knew that had just become a teacher. And um, she was um, she was drinking Coke. And she said, oh, I've got to leave before uh, nine o'clock tonight. And I'm like, oh, why? And uh, she had said, well, um, I teach now. And if anybody sees me in an establishment drinking, carousing, that could be viewed inappropriate and I could lose my job. Mm -hmm. So it's not a new phenomenon. It just happens at a much rapid, a much more rapid pace because we have social media and uh, you have this, everything kind of happens at the speed of Twitter. And uh, somebody can, uh, like you said, they can dig back into some of their stuff from, from many years ago, like James Gunn 10 years ago, acknowledged that he said stupid things. He lost a job over it, eventually got his job back. But uh, uh, then you have, you, you have uh, Roseanne Barr that uh, said stupid things, lost her job over it, still hasn't gotten her job back. Um, is cancel culture a problem? To a degree, but personal responsibility over your words as well as your actions has got to come into play in part of that. And uh, I've been uh, a good friend of mine that uh, he, he uh, I, I would, uh, I always kind of did the whole, I'm timid, I'm not going to speak up or do anything on social media for that very reason. I don't want it to come blow back on me later. But a good friend of mine, uh, he's, he's had, pro he's had a lot of medical problems. And he's always thought, well, next year, I'm dead. Anyway, he's been saying that for 15 years, mind you, because yay, science, but, uh, but for, but he, uh, he basically just decided to live as he's going to live online as he would in real life, he would basically discuss in open uh, online and everywhere, whatever little fa facet came to his uh, came to his mind. And I said, well, is that really smart? He goes, what's it, what's it matter to me? Uh, I, I'm not going to be here anyway. And I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to get a, a, a job in politics or in a high class firm. I'm just barely surviving on the pittance that I get through disability. And so I kind of adapted that to a degree. Uh, where I basically would just, I would take smart safeguards. Like if I post something online, I make sure I know who's saying it. But I also know that uh, nothing is screenshot proof. And mm -hmm. it, whatever I say can and will be used against me in the court of public opinion. So I also, in, I also measure my words carefully. I don't say anything that I can't I'm not willing, I'm not willing to die for, I'm not willing to lose my career over. I've, I personally work in a very conservative company uh, that uh, my boss and I are completely opposites when it comes to uh, 
political points of view. And we tried not to talk about it, but you can't not talk about it, unfortunately. But he also understands where I'm coming from. And I've already kind of let him know, look, I, I am this strong, opinionated, forceful personality. If somebody uh, comes to you and says, well, Ray was online and he said this, and how do you can have somebody like that working for you? He'll just go, oh, that's Ray. <laughs> where but where does to write me off <laughs> i mean this country one of the one of the things the country was founded on of course was the freedom of speech and do we want to live in a society where when you you voice your opinions can potentially lead to economic disaster there's freedom of speech but there's not freedom from consequences uh, if you are prepared for any consequence that you well, then are there's no freedom. Put... Then the freedom doesn't exist. <laughs> the why well, the there there are always consequences to anything you say. It doesn't matter how free that you are, because things that you say can and do impact everybody else around you. So and that that's that's my point, right? Because mm -hmm. people are so thin skinned, and I think Anthony. Uh, was kind of kind of talking about this. People are so thin-skinned today that when someone does uh, speak a different opinion or they, they might find something controversial, the first thing that these other people want to do that are offended by it is eliminate them, get them fired, make sure that the consequences, that they pay for the consequences. They don't stop to think about the fact that that person that's losing the job has a family, they've got bills to pay. You know, they, they've they got they to stop to think about that before they open their mouth. It's okay, so that's the thing. So that, that's, mm -hmm. that's where we differ. That's where you want to be on the side of the word police and the speech police, and you want to bring down the consequences when in fact the country was founded on freedom and freedom means that you can, you can say things and you're allowed to voice your opinion without out repercussions. Oh, no, I don't see how that's possible. <laughs> why not? I mean, why? I mean, uh, honestly, if, if, if I went in here and I said, uh, and I actually said, like, I'll bring Anthony in here and say, hey, Anthony, I don't think that a black person should or should be allowed to do such, such and such. Would that upset you to the point where you would want to come at me or would you just write me off and say ah, he's just a blowhard he's not uh he's not talk he's uh he's just trying to puff himself up i'm not going to fall for that i would just i would take this one route if i was younger i would get mad but now i'll just protect my energy and i'll just I'll just be cool. And that is your freedom to do so. There's the freedom of speech for him. And the well, that's not necessarily the freedom of speech. That's, that's him say, giving you the freedom would, of speech. Yeah, he's giving it like, to me. So is it free if it's given? Oh, well, he's allowing you to practice it, yes. I would say, like, you're not, I would say, like, you're just talking crazy. Mm -hmm. Or I would say something like that, like I'd probably say you're high off or something talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. 
Unfortunately, I can't do that in Kentucky yet. (laughs) Now, I mean, but Anthony, would you try to have someone terminated from their career because their opinion is, is as stupid as it may sound, their opinion that is, would you try to eliminate them from their career because you disagree with them or because they they're saying stupid things? Well, don't, I wouldn't mess with them anymore. Whatever happens with their career is on them. But if they were probably, if they would have did something like that at me or tag my name, or it was like directed towards me, then it'll probably be It's a little different when you're when you're personally being attacked, right? You have you go into defense mode. Right, right. So I think there's a difference there. I think someone that goes on to their personal Twitter account and has an opinion about a news article and they happen to be in the the uh, Cronkite School of Journalism. They're supposed to be open-minded, right? But for for a board, you know, a group of people to just that think alike to group, you know, to gang up and say, she's got to go. She can no longer manage this radio station because her opinions offend us. I think okay. that's that's a problem. Okay, what I what I will say is okay. Now, what I will say is it's levels to it. That's what I'll say. Like okay. there are different. It's like it's like it's there. It's that line that you don't cross. Like it's some certain stuff that you just don't say. But yeah, it, it's a tough one. I you know I think. Um, but it's I, like I think... this. This year it's been over little political views. People. It's been sparking controversy. I'm, I'm just like, it's not that serious. <laughs> no, that's, you know, if I came after you and I slandered your name, that's different. If I came out and I accused yeah. you, if I accused you of um, stealing something or if I accused you, you know what I'm saying, of, of committing some sort of crime when you didn't and I was out trashing your name. That's on, different. That's different. But if you are, um, let's, say, let's say you're part of the LGBTQ com- uh, uh, community, right? And you work with someone who happens to be a uh, evangelical Christian and they oppose that lifestyle and they say something on Facebook to their friend just about opposing that lifestyle. Like I disagree with it. The Bible says, and they quote some verses, etc. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a direct attack. I'm not talking about someone you know, coming after you personally or accusing you of something. I'm simply saying uh, the evangelical Christian disagrees with the lifestyle. They don't, they have no animosity towards a person and, you know, specific person or anybody. They just disagree with a lifestyle. 
that can that can easily turn into someone being terminated from a job real easy if that person that's offended is loud enough. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about cancel culture. I'm talking about just a simple disagreement on worldviews. Right. We can't force everybody to think a certain way. And I don't think you're ever going to stop any type of um, um, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I kind of lost my train of thought, but there's always going to be people that have different uh, stereotypes. They're always, it's, it's human nature. I think if you're born in one part of the country, you're going to be raised with different views of the world. You're just, it's just going to happen. So how do you stop that? How do you stop people from being offended? Ray, there's a lot there. I'm sure you want to, <laughs> you want to pipe in. <laughs> uh, the, the, the main thing kind of going back to uh, the whole cancel culture end of it that uh, sticks in my mind is what it, the person that had initially said the controversial thing, what is their position of power to begin with? If they have the ability to influence a lot of folks and what they're saying is wrong, just wrong. I mean, whether you disagree or agree with it, it's just wrong. I think society based on, has... Based on what? Uh, based what, on... What is wrong? Who's the judge of what's right or wrong? Culture in general. There, there are, and that changes constantly as well because uh, 50 years ago, uh, LGBTQ issues weren't a thing to the point where people would say, well, they need rights. That's only been a very recent unfolding. So the, the culture of where you live decides what is acceptable and what is not. If you, and it boils down again to your personal responsibility of do you hold your tongue on your opinions or do you accept the consequences of expressing those opinions, knowing that some folks that could be holding power over you, whether it's one person or a large group of people, whether or not they have a say so in the advancement and continuation of your career. Do you think um, Logan and, and, uh, and Jennifer are having a conversation um, Jennifer says a question for Ray and Anthony. If something was said that is offensive to you, does it really affect your way of life? Does it affect your job, your home? Because she said she sees offensive things every day and she chooses not to let those things affect her or affect her, I'm sorry, uh, internally. Uh, and then Logan says, you can never stop people from being offended. And she says, no, you can't, but you can't have one side telling another side what they want us to accept and then never accept it if the other side disagrees. So I think, man, I, and I think that's what's, what's driving this, this anger and this hatred that exists in the country right now is 
one people just don't stop and communicate. People don't stop and say, okay, like, like my example with the LGBTQ. Okay. I, I can put myself in the position of the evangelical Christian because that's what they raise. That's how they were raised. That's what they believe. They believe it to be true. They believe that homosexuality is a sin and they have to answer to a higher power when it comes to that. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm not going to hang around that person because I I don't see um, us ever being able to, uh, you know, agree or even find a middle, middle road on that. But I, I understand where they're coming from and just let it be. You know, why is it that there's this get even with them ism out there that if you offend me, then I have to get even with you in return. And uh, the best thing that I can do is report you to my boss or report you to your boss and have you written up or terminated. Why can't we just, and I think Anthony said it, why can't we just let it go? I got to get out of here. Are you done, Anthony? Yeah, I got to get out of here. My bad. No worries, man. Hey, thanks for so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your input. No problem. All right. Take care. You too. Uh, and going to your question, it, it it does go back again to the person that has expressed those opinions. What power do they have uh, in influencing what happens to your life? If somebody, I mean, me personally, people can say anything about me uh, and it rolls right off of uh, my back because I've been called it all and I've uh, probably called myself half of those things uh, and uh, my mom probably three, three times more than those things. Um, but if somebody uh, passes a law, uh, it, it, I, I think more people are, uh, are going to be a little bit more concerned about if that person that has that opinion has the ability to d- impact my life. It's a, if it's a coworker, if it's a boss, if it is a policymaker, a politician, then if they are, they if they bring that opinion up, they have to understand that there are folks, and possibly even me, that are going to say that's not acceptable. Does that mean that, uh, I'll be honest with you, I have never personally gotten involved with a cancel culture type of thing, with the exception of one one incident where somebody was stealing somebody else's artwork, and it was blatantly obvious. I basically was all over that. Um, it had, to, but it had to be blatantly obvious, and it had to be uh, important to me because it was a close friend. Um, I, I think the vast majority of the time, it's is not ever going to be uh, an issue, but there will be times when it hits a hot button flash topic, uh, a flash point where it, uh, it's somebody that has a voice that, uh, that can resonate like James Gunn or Roseanne Barr. And people are going to say, this is not right. I'm going to make sure everybody knows what this person said and be it on their own heads, the consequences. Uh, I, the problem is, is that uh, in every situation, and it doesn't, it's not really party specific, it's not really issue specific, 
there are going to be mobs. Uh, and it just so happens that uh, instead of uh, instead of lynch mobs coming at uh, coming at you with uh, pitchforks and torches, uh, it's going to be online pressure. And there are some companies that will be just fine with the pressure that comes their way. Uh, for example, Chick Fil A has had uh, a ton of pressure over the last four or five years to quit donating to organizations that are against LGBTQA interests, but they've never wavered. They've made small concessions here and there, but they still donate to those causes. Mm -hmm. And, but they are powerful enough to say, I can withstand this storm. They have uh, taken, they've, they've had that freedom to basically take that stance and weather the storm and come out okay. There are, uh, when it comes to individuals that take that, but see, that's, uh, that take that's, that stand. That's my question. Story. That's my question, though. If a fast food restaurant like Chick-fil-A takes a certain stand on something and you're opposed to it, why not just eat a chicken sandwich at Popeye's and just get it on with on your day? Depends on what they're taking the stand on. In this particular case, uh, uh, and I'm not as well versed on it, so forgive me for uh, for stuttering, stumbling over my words a little bit here. But when it comes to, uh, they they actively go out and try to campaign uh, for politicians to pass laws against LGBTQ interests, uh, and conversion therapy I think is a big hot button topic in that uh, community. And you and, have groups on the other side doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so anybody, anybody on those other sides are also welcome to do the same for any company, any individual that steps up and has that opinion. Uh, do, do I agree with all of them? No. There are, uh, do, um, do I understand where they're coming from when they go on those attacks? To a degree, I do. Um, it, it just depends on, it, on the hot butt topic. Uh, I don't agree with uh, boycotting somebody because they have a belief. Uh, if they act on that belief and it's against my best interests, I'm going to have something to say. And if that means there's a few million of people like me that jump in at the same time, maybe that company or that person should really take a good hard look at where they came from and understand why people are so upset with them. It, it, okay, so this is where uh, I guess you and I are just wired differently. Probably. <laughs> uh, to be honest, because I know like the Girl Scouts, for example, they, they're out peddling their cookies all the time. And about 5% of the money uh, that they make from the cookie sales actually goes back to their troop. And a vast majority of Girl Scout cookie sales go towards um, a lot of uh, feminist organizations one of which happens to be um, they're huge uh, in uh, abortion and they, they push uh, for legislation to keep abortion legal. Mm -hmm. So I just simply say, okay, I'm just not going to eat the cookies. I can go get a Keebler cookie somewhere, or I can just not eat cookies. I can, there's a million different companies that sell an equivalent product. Am I going to go out and get in a screaming match with the, the mom from the Girl Scouts? No, because I just don't, I don't think it's my place. Like what gives me the right 
to take such a moral high ground on somebody else and get in their face and try to try to stomp out the Girl Scouts. Look what they did to the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts were a private organization. They just they had a very strong Christian foundation and it just got to, it just got so under the skin of some left-wing uh, organizations that they stomped out the Boy Scouts. They they just want to destroy anything that disagrees with their worldview. Why can't we just live in our own bubbles and leave each other alone? That's uh I happen to know a little bit more about the Boy Scout issue because I'm an Eagle Scout myself. And uh, so I grew up in, uh, in the organization itself. I've been a Cub Master as well. But uh, the, the, I think what might be misunderstood there is uh, one of the, the, the reasons, I think, for people to get as upset with that organization in general is the turning a blind eye to the molestation charges that came up. Uh, not so much about the Christian principles other than just the fact that there were Christians that, uh, that, under, that understood that the organization would not do something like that. They wouldn't cover up those issues and yet they did and so the reason i think you've seen uh the boy scouts in particular attacked as vigorously as they were is because people that have those solid christian beliefs feel betrayed more than people that are against christian beliefs uh it's it's always uh, an organization will probably almost always crumble from within in uh when they are in the wrong and uh, I think, uh, fortunately, the Boy Scouts are still around. They're doing very well. But they've also had to adapt, and they've had to learn, and they've had to pay financial consequences for their past transgressions. Well, and, uh, but far before the, that, that ever came about, they were actually attacked uh, for not – it was really their stance on homosexuality is how but did the that Boy really Scouts re- were – did that really garner any traction? Did it really oh, accelerate it? it uh, okay. Um, I didn't see it with, uh, with the organizations when I was involved with it. Uh, and Oh, uh, Biden won Arizona, by the way, is what they're saying. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually predicted that one to go to Trump. That's uh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, <laughs> but, wow. uh, but yeah, interesting. Uh, but, um, I'm sorry, I got completely lost there. No, no, but, no. We uh, were talking about the Boy Scouts, and yeah, and, yeah. But uh, no, I, 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 I get it. Uh, I, I, I get. Uh, do are there folks that uh, that want to uh, bag on people, organizations that are different than them? Absolutely, and right. I, you're going to see it on uh, on both sides of the political aisle, on every side of any religious aisle. Um, the, uh, and everybody, I think it's more that everybody wants to play the victim more than they want to, uh, more than they want to be the person that successfully stomps out a place. If anybody's going under attack, it's not because they want to destroy, it's because they want to change and improve. And, uh, if, if somebody refuses to. Yeah, but who's it there? Is it really, is it really your right to want to change and in, in quote unquote improve an organization 
just because you disagree with it? Depends on the disagreement. I mean, what if, makes what makes one person or a small group of people so important that it's their views that have to be seen as right? I think that's for society to ultimately decide. If, uh, if a small group uh, does not resonate with society in their opinion on how something should change, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to turn into a cancel culture type of incident. However, if they strike a nerve and people go, yes, you know, that is incorrect. That is wrong. That should not be done. They're, they're going to gather strength and gather force. I think we've seen it uh, with, uh, with, religious organizations going after non-religious organizations and vice versa. I think we've seen it with political organizations going against different political organizations back and forth. Uh, I think it really boils down to how many people ultimately decide this is a, an issue that is of great importance to them to actually step up and say something and do something. If you don't have that uh, that common, if you don't have that belief that it is something to rally for or against, people aren't going to do it. It's only when it touches a nerve with them and as something that is just wrong. And for better or for worse, it's kind of the way that, uh, that we've been doing it for ultimately for centuries. Uh, it, uh, if you want to look at uh, Romans and the Colosseum and Christians, uh, that's a, a really old-timey example. Uh, Jesus on the cross killed because of, uh, of, of speaking against the, the norms of that time, too. Uh, he was crushed by a cancel culture of, uh, of his own. So you can really just keep looking all the way back into history and find examples where cancel culture is there, it's present, it's just hyper-extended and hyper-focused and hyper-sped up with the advent of the internet, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think you could argue that Jesus, um, he also physically did things that scared people. People were afraid of Jesus, especially the Jews. The Jews were terrified of Jesus because he was out performing miracles, if you believe anything that the Bible says, but he was out performing miracles. And uh, he did clash with the leaders of his own people. And, uh, but I don't know if it was just having a different opinion. And I think I you think touched on a good word though. Uh, you, you touched on fear. Mm -hmm. If somebody fears that another person's opinion, especially a person that has some level of power, whether it's their voice or their position in life, if they have that fear that that person's opinion is going to harm them or their close friends or their family, they're going to have to take a stand. And they, if that means several of them take a stand, uh, it, it's all touched off by that level of fear, whether it's justified or not. We know in Jesus's case, it probably was ultimately justified in the fear of him because uh, of where, uh, how he was resonating. And so for better or for worse, when the Jews came at him, uh, they, they, they were driven by fear, like you said. If somebody goes after Chick-fil-A because they have a fear that their, uh, their sister who is, uh, who is transgender, is somebody is going to try to 
put her or him through a conversion therapy, uh, they're going to fight extra hard. And uh, I think any mob scene that you see, it really boils down to fear. So what you're saying is um, Chick-fil-A tries to convert or change a homosexual into a straight person. That's what conversion therapy is. Correct. Does the person that's being... Uh, going through conversion therapy, do they have to agree to it or is it forced upon them? Uh, there are situations for both uh, instances. And how do you force that on? How would you force that on uh, upon somebody? If you are a minor, you have no say in, uh, in how you're, uh, how you are, t- are treated. Uh, mm-hmm. If you, if your parents are staunch evangelicals and they, and you come out to them as gay then there is uh, there is very much a chance that they will reach out to an organization that will uh, that will do conversion therapy and by not of your choice uh, be put in you would be as a child put into that program as a child of oh, I'm talking fifteen sixteen but even. that's a minor that's someone that has has not legally been deemed an adult or someone that is that can make their own decisions right it's just like um, that's why I would oppose, uh, and it was actually brought up in the chat room, like pedophilia, because an adult is going after a minor who can't, isn't equipped to make their own decision at that time. So that's a little bit diff- of a different argument. If, if it's a minor and the parent is responsible for that minor, that, then the decisions are placed upon that parent. The, the vast majority of people that will tell you they are against conversion therapy, it's because of those minors that do not have a say. Uh, they're, they're, uh, it, it, but isn't that what a minor is? Someone that's too young, that they don't feel that they're emotionally ready to make a decision like that for themselves? If you believe that it is indeed a decision to be gay, no, I'm Therapy. saying I'm saying of the decision to go through the therapy or not. Oh, well, yeah, they don't have that. Uh, they don't have that choice. That's right. That's what I'm saying because they're yeah, a minor. They're, mm-hmm. It's just like the the a parent making a decision on where they go to church is a minor, or a parent making a decision on where they go to to school is a minor. And uh, you know whether they're going to work while they're in school. A lot of times, parents will say, "No, you cannot. I'm not going to allow you." to work while you're in school. What's the difference? Because you're talking about what they're not allowed to do versus what they're being told they have to do. It's like, you have to go to conversion therapy. You have to do Well, you have to go because as your parent, I'm saying that I'm not okay with you believing that you're homosexual. So I'm going to, you're going to go see a therapist about this because they're a minor. They don't, they, that's what being a minor is. You have parents who are making decisions for you. There, uh, I, I get where you're coming from, uh, but it also, once again, boils down to if, uh, if your parent then chose, for example, I'm going to, you're, you were born as a male, but I'm going to raise you as a female. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, are you arguing that the parent is correct in that situation too, because it's a minor? Uh, the minor doesn't know. I don't what think they it's really against. Are. I don't think it's against the law. And if a parent chooses to do that, and that that happens a lot, it's un, it's very unfortunate. 
but there's nothing that I can do to stop that. That's a parent making that decision. And unfortunately, parents make stupid decisions, right? But should we uh, try to put a, uh, a chicken joint out of, out of business because of it? I mean, that's the, it just seems like so many, so, so much action from, from what I would say, the, what I call the left is very extreme. And if you don't agree with my vision of the world, I will come after you and I will do, and I will, I will bring an army to try to destroy you. And that's, that's the disconnect. That's the mentality that I just don't understand. Do you see that same behavior from the right? In the past, I would say that the Christian church is responsible for a lot of that type of stuff. That, and we, call, we would call that legalism. But I just, modern day, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of, a, of an example. I'm sure you could. Give me an example. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I went, uh, went and challenged you, and I don't have an example ready to go, unfortunately. <laughs> no, uh, because, the, I mean, like, the oh, first yes, thing I'll, that does come to my mind, though, is uh, militia groups. The vast majority of them are right wing. They will march on a Capitol with the guns showing and uh, try to uh, intimidate uh, lawmakers and uh, individuals I've into their point happen. of view. Michigan? I've never seen that. I've never. You never saw that in Michigan? No, I'd have to research that. Ah, okay. Well, the one that comes to my mind is a uh, right, right-wing militia group uh, marching the, into the Capitol building of Michigan uh, to, I mean, granted it was a day, but uh, and it, they didn't take the Capitol or anything like that, but they were there. <laughs> you mean in, like Antifa did up in <laughs> Seattle? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm trying to think of that other uh, right-wing family that uh, that did exactly that for about a month. And then, uh, Are you talking did, about the Bundys out in The Bundys, I think that's it. Yeah, they didn't get charged anything for that. Yeah. So... Well, here, but, but this, is, this happens at such a large scale from the left to the right versus the right to the left. I think in modern society, if we're talking about today, I think most of the conservative people want to be left alone. You go do your thing. It's more of a libertarian point of view. You go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing, but don't tell me that I have to do your thing. Just leave me alone. And let me be, you know, let, let, let me, uh, you know, live my own life. And if I want to get a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A, um, I, I don't stop and think about what these companies do. Now, if I, if I happen to see an article where, um, like, like I read about the Girl Scouts and how much money that they donate uh, to Planned Parenthood, that saddens me because I'm, I'm, I, I am opposed to abortion. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, it sads me. So I take it upon myself as an individual to not eat their cookies. Even if you were to buy me a box and ship me a box, I would throw them in the trash because somebody's money uh, went 
towards those cookies, which will ultimately uh, take a take a, a life. And see, parents make that decision too to terminate their child. Do I think it's terrible? Absolutely. Do I think it's do I think it's morally wrong? Yes. Parents do stupid things, but I'm not the type of person that wants to shut down all everything. You know what I'm saying? But I think, but I think you have to be an adult to make some decisions in life where parents, you know, parents uh, have that, that right over you as a child. So I think that's maybe, you know, I just, I'm, maybe I'm not saying it as well as I could, but that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where you. I stand. Uh, I follow you, but uh, I'll kind of give the opposite side of that. It's like, I think when you come to the left side of things, they say, we want to, we want to do what we want to do. We want you to leave us alone. In that we agree. However, there are some things that you do infringe upon what I need to do to survive, to thrive. And that's What's an example the of that. Ah, <laughs> okay. Going, uh, going straight to, uh, to the abortion that you had brought up here mm-hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky, we've got, well, in Kentucky, we've got one abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you probably know, most uh, hospitals uh, don't do it because most hospitals are religious organizations as well. However, there is a family care clinic in Louisville that every day, uh, every day that they are open, usually uh, far more often on Saturday, there is a throng of people that will stand outside that clinic, the the minimum legal distance that they're allowed to stand Mm -hmm. and scream at anybody that is going in and out of that clinic. It's, they actually uh, have uh, escorts people that have specially organized, uh, they have specially organized uh, group to help those people go in and out of those clinics to exercise their free right to explore abortion as an option. Even if they're not going there just for, uh, for the procedure, maybe they're going to learn about it. They yeah. will have people and some of them are very nice about it. They will, they will say that they're praying for you and it's, that's a, they do what is a quite honestly a beautiful thing. But there were there are some that will yell obscenities and say that you are killing your child and uh, you are a murderer and a, a confused young girl. That's uh, that is going to greatly impact their lives. So when when we're talking about and so uh, could abortion as well, absolutely. I mean, but uh, and it definitely it, is, it definitely impacts the life of the unborn. I understand that. And, uh, and depending on who you speak and that's with, not where does that life begin? That's the, that's the, the yeah. squirrely thing. And that's where people well, have for me, it's differing not. opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but as of right now, uh, probably not in a month or two, but as of right now, abortions are still free and legal after a certain period of time. Do you before believe, a certain period of time, I should say. Do you actually believe the Supreme Court would overrule Roe versus Wade? I do not personally. Everybody else that I know believes that it will happen uh, with the, the new appointment of uh, Amy, Barry, Amy Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, there are women that, uh, that get free health care from places like Planned Parenthood that have absolutely nothing to do with abortion mm-hmm. that feel like their reach 
when they overturn certain laws are going to put their, uh, their health care out of business and they will no longer have access to it. You have, you have women that are genuinely scared that this, uh, this new Supreme Court is going to... Uh, but that's media is going to pass. That's media fed. I that's, want that's to a false fear. I want to agree with you, but I'm talking about women that are uh, that are learned. They are lawyers. They have studied the law. That mm-hmm. have said uh, that, that that have told me that this is going to happen, and they're going to lose autonomous control over their bodies. They feel like the Handmaid's Tale is going to become a reality in very short order. Do, are they overreacting? Possibly, but they are reacting and it needs to be paid attention to by people on both sides of the aisle to understand what their fears are and figure out how to assuage them if they are unfounded. Well, it's been a pretty deep conversation, Ray. And uh, I, uh, I appreciate your feedback. Was I friendlier than you anticipated? Absolutely. Uh, and I apparently, I feel like I, I had more knowledge than I anticipated because I felt like I was coming into this with half my brain lobe tied behind my back because ah, that's a Rush Limbaugh, that's a Rush Limbaugh <laughs> quote. Well, I was old school Limbaugh. So, uh, I, I listened 25 years ago pretty regularly and, uh, just to learn everything. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, uh, I, I, I greatly appreciate the the opportunity to uh, to ramble on uh, like I do. <laughs> well, I just and, think uh, we need to take an educated uh, um, approach. Mm-hmm. I think we need to stop throwing Molotov cocktails at police cars. I think we need to stop tearing history down. I think we need to stop attacking people on Twitter and on Facebook and in person. I think we need to go, we need to find a way in this country to have conversations like you and I did uh, this evening, because um, we're never going to get anywhere if we don't. And that's, I guess that's my whole point is, um, is that we've got to find the country's a big place Mm -hmm. and we should live in this country where I can have my view, you can have your view, and unless I am physically hurting you or, uh, you know, damaging your life in a way that's irreversible, uh, I think we need to just learn to live with each other and stop the insanity. Otherwise, how how are we ever going to change course? Because there's no way you're going to force me to think like you and I'm not going to force you to think like me. It's just not going to happen. But if we live next to each other, how do we learn to live? How do we learn to live peacefully and be neighborly? There's got to be a point where, you know, we've got to let go of the hate and just start treating each other like human beings. How do we get there? I think we can all agree with that. And uh, I think how we were able to successfully pull that off this evening is because we both had a genuine desire to listen and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where it begins with the learning to live with each other and learning to live and let live is that 
open up, listen and talk to each other and actually try to understand why a person feels the way that they do. Even if you don't agree with it, at least try to come to an understanding of why that is. And uh, I think we just had a little microcosm of that uh, that way of doing it. And, uh, and like you said, it's successful. And I feel pretty good about what we accomplished. I agree. We're going to both go our own ways, right? You're Absolutely. still going to have your beliefs. I'm still going to have my beliefs. But I think we're... I would say I'm leaving, and I don't like to throw the word friend around, but I would say I'm, we're leaving um, knowing that we can respect one another and maybe ultimately be friends. I think, uh, I think that's a nice approach. And uh, God willing, the, we're just the start of that. Yeah, right? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what could happen? <laughs> mighty Cats and dogs girl. living together, mass hysteria. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate your, uh, your insight and your time. And I know, and I apologize to everybody in the chat room. We didn't get to the chats. That's hard to do uh, when we're having a, a deep conversation like this, but I appreciate everybody's chats. I appreciate your time, Ray. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe we'll continue this conversation uh, another time. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, I'm up for any topics. Anytime you need a progressive uh, point of view, if, uh, if I don't have an opinion, I'll find somebody for you that does. All right. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. Well, then we'll cut it short here. I appreciate you. And you as and, well. Thank uh, you, John. Yeah. And, uh, and best of luck to you. And uh, hopefully no one will, uh, you know, try to cancel you or anything like that <laughs> because you were on my show. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's all I got for tonight. Uh, I just want to say uh, goodbye to Ray and, uh, and just uh, thank my sponsors, Good Talk Radio, Ranger Rob, Poopy Bags, Fast Concepts, LLC, and of course, Gray Feather Farm. Uh, everybody that was in the chat room, thank you. I'm sorry that we didn't get to you, uh, but... Uh, that's all I got. So until tomorrow night, same time, same place. Take care and God bless.